0: Everyone, you are listening to Let's Talk Trees, a podcast brought to you by CIFOR-Ecraf. I'm Anggi Cahyaning Tias, and for this COP26 special, we are interviewing a number of experts to address strategic issues on climate discussion. I have here with me Sonia Dewi, CIFOR-Ecraf Indonesia Country Program Director, to talk about fire management and climate change. Hi, Ibu. Hi. How are you? How are, good. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Um, So I will just go straight to our question. We see an increase in wildfire cases lately. What are the factors and how does it relate to climate change?
1: Yeah, indeed, in recent years, we heard uh, the news about severe wildfires in different parts of the world. However, actually, counterintuitively, according to scientists, burn areas tend to decline globally. Nevertheless, in particular regions, the frequency, severity, and extent of wildfire tend to increase. Climate change is definitely a key factor impacting this trend through increased temperature, dryness, and wind. However, in many ecosystems, wildfire is part of the natural rejuvenation of the systems. Uh, But in many cases, anthropogenic factors also can be the primary cause of wildfires that lead to many negative impacts. I think the cycle between climate change and wildfires are uh, unrefutable. Climate change impacting wildfire, increasing the proneness of wildfire, but also the other way around, the wildfire also are producing a lot of carbon emissions to the atmosphere that in terms also increasing the speed of climate change. So I think this this cycle is uh, the one that we are talking about.
0: Thank you, Ibu. So indeed, it's also the case like chicken and egg, like who go first and which one is more powerful. It's it's all a cycle. So the next question is how to break the cycle between wildfire and climate change then? Right.
1: Um, So basically, then we we need to look actually at the underlying causes, underlying drivers. Yeah. Also, we need to recognize the ecosystem specific process, and then we can look for solutions that fit the local context. So. Without all this, it's it's quite difficult uh, for us to address optimally this uh, cycle of climate change and and wildfire. Uh, As I mentioned, in many ecosystem, wildfire is part of uh, the natural rejuvenation of the system. Suppressing such wildfires completely will affect biodiversity negatively. But also uh, those that are caused by anthropogenic factors uh, has led to economic loss, health issues, and even casualties. Such that it has to be managed properly. Uh, and we know uh, for the anthropogenic factor, land use is the biggest um, single factor uh, that causes uh, wildfires. It can factor in as the ignition source through practice of land clearing with burning, but also intensive land uses that modify microclimate and reduce water table in peatland in interaction with uh, the more frequent dryness and increased temperature as the impact of climate change can produce unsurmountable fuel. So the combination between anthropogenic factors and climate change magnifies the impacts of wildfires actually. Let's take Indonesia, for example, because Indonesia is the country with the largest tropical peatland area in the world. So that recurrent fire that has happened in these areas really actually produce significant uh, carbon emission and also cause uh, hazardous impacts over the years, including transboundary smoke and haze. It comes with huge costs, uh, actually. And the prevention can be done in terms of changing the means of land clearing to zero burning and also avoiding fuel availability by maintaining the wetness of the vegetation and peat. On peatland, this can be done by blocking canals to keep the water table high enough and prohibiting the building of new canals. The prevention cost is much lower than the surprising cost, since fire is extremely hard to stop once it starts. But the big question is who pays. This is very important to address. There are policies that ban land clearing without burning. However, for smallholder farmers, often complying with such policy is not feasible, since burning is the cheapest way to prepare their farms that they can afford. Therefore, a system approach that addresses rural livelihood and finding solutions to pit fire prevention needs to be in place. So in a recent paper that I co-authored, we showed that farmers can still generate a higher profit in clearing their, line, their land without fire if they can apply good agricultural practices. Programs uh, and government policies that can facilitate good agricultural practices in conjunction with zero burning policy can increase the effectiveness. Also partnership between large-scale landholders and farmers in applying mechanized land preparation can also be an alternative. The other uh, way is that a management practice that combines trees with other managed species, that is uh, agroforestry system, can help maintain soil humidity and micro temperature, and therefore can be promoted as smallholder farming system, which then can be linked as well to payment for ecosystem services. So therefore, there are three points I think that I would like to summarize here in terms of how uh, to break the cycle. First is we really need to look at the underlying drivers and local context uh, in terms of uh, determining how we, we should manage the fire. Yeah. So there is no one size fits all formula uh, in my mind. Secondly, I think uh, the clarity of who pay the cost and how is needed for effective uh, fire management due to land uses, for example, in the case of tropical kit fire. The third one, I think linking this with the payment for ecosystem services scheme in terms of uh, incentive mechanism, etc., will be one effective vehicle towards breaking the cycle of
0: climate change and wildfires. Thank you very much. Just to make it clear to our audience, can you please elaborate what are the local context and underlying factor that we need to understand to break the cycle? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Good question. Uh, I would like just to give you some examples to
1: that, Uh, especially I will be taking examples from the tropical context. Underlying drivers can be in the forms of, for example, land tenure, so when there's a conflict between the local people and the the companies or large scale concession holders, for example, there are empirical evidence that in this case, there's a lot more evidence of a wildfire in those areas. So addressing those sorts of underlying causes will be important. Uh, Without that, it it will be difficult to really fully manage the fire uh, effectively. And then an example of local context is uh, the practices, the agricultural practices, the uh, socio-cultural, economic of farmers in those area. For example, in areas where they, uh, the farmers are quite poor and there's no, not much alternative of uh, preparing their land for farming without fire, then prohibiting the use of fire for land preparation only will not be effective because then uh, they won't be able to make their livelihoods they can then uh, do some displacement of activities like doing uh, illegal logging, or they can continue then with the land preparation with burning, yeah? These sort of things need to be understood. So that's why I I meant, I I said that no one size fits all formula, different uh, solutions in different local contexts uh, will be needed.
0: So context really matters here. Uh, thank you very much again uh, for being here very informative i hope to see you again in our next episodes perhaps uh, thank you very much Ibisonia. sonia i hope you have a good day thanks bangi bye for now